0: Welcome to the Natural Health Rising podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Smith, Certified Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Practitioner. I'm here to deliver you weekly episodes where you will hear conversations with health experts and solo episodes about functional medicine and all things holistic health. My goal is to provide you with the knowledge and tools you need in order to help you rise to your healthiest, happiest self. On today's show, I have my friend David Pierce with us. David is a yoga teacher and tantric hypnotherapist, which combines the classical teachings of non-dual Shaiva Tantra with the modern tools of hypnotherapy. He is passionate about connection and helping people overcome themselves by making better decisions to live a life more aligned. He does this through tantric hypnosis and through his and his partner's podcast called Sex Prayers. And we will get into tantric hypnosis today and what exactly is that, uncovering some misconceptions, providing an understanding of how certain practices can address unconscious patterns, and ultimately how to improve your health and well-being through this process. And we also talk a little bit about developing healthy, conscious relationships and what that looks like. Welcome to the show, David.
1: Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. I appreciate
1: the invitation.
0: Of course. Yeah. Um I am pretty excited to dive into what you mostly focus on right now, which is tantric hypnosis and the reason Mm -hmm. i'm excited is because i don't think a lot of people to be honest know like what exactly does that mean when they first hear it because i think there's some misconceptions about tantra and hypnosis separately and then you say you put them together (laughs) so (laughs) i want you to Um, explain first like maybe what is tantra what is hypnotherapy and then we can go on to like, how do you combine these two practices into one? What does that even, what does that even look like?
1: Sure. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for alluding to the uphill struggle I've made for myself. Um, <laughs> it's very true. Uh, that's feedback I've had from multiple people, but I'm persisting with uh, the education of these two topics. Mm-hmm. So um, you're right not that there's necessarily a a misunderstanding of tantra but it seems to have adopted a new meaning um so when people hear the word tantra they typically think of something sexually um, related or sexual focused Mm -hmm. and that's true because there is what is being termed as neo-tantra which is very focused on sexuality um but at the heart is what I've been studying as well, and really where my focus has been the last three years, which is classical tantra, non-dual Shiva tantra, specifically is what I've been studying. Um, and what it is, is a collection of teachings to help an average person, i.e. someone who's not um, devoting themselves to, uh, to the, the practice of studying, Um, How to understand the nature of reality and a a practice to operate in the real world, rather take the monastic, very strict yogic route. Mm.
0: Can you give me an example of what that looks like?
1: As in practically, Mm
0: -hmm. like a practice? Yeah.
1: Essentially, yeah, essentially it's meditation. Like At the heart of it is a meditative practice. Okay. Um, and then built on top of that, you have more um, culturally understood ideas of yoga, like an asana practice. Um, so, Tantra, classical Tantra, is the heart of modern day yoga. That's really where a lot of modern day yoga stems from. And that's where the yogic practices have originated. But a lot of the other Parts of it have mm, not been as commercial or trendy. So have been a little lost in the yogic practice. hmm
0: Okay. And so now let's let's break down the hypnotherapy part and then we'll we'll okay. round back to both of these.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Um hmm. yes, in my experience of what people consider about hypnosis or hypnotherapy is that it's kind of like mind control and someone wanting to to make you do very strange things and that is because um of stage hypnosis where people will use hypnotic tools to do something very showy or um entertain essentially and at the heart of it, that's not what hypnosis is. Hypnosis is, or it can be defined as an altered state of consciousness where the analytical mind is taken a little bit offline and the subconscious mind is more receptive to suggestion. And it's something that we experience multiple times a day and very often in life so even things like advertising they're using that principle of being in an altered state to suggest something and hypnotherapy is more um it's more the jedi than the dark side it's uh it's trying to be a force for good rather than trying to manipulate
0: Mm -hmm. okay so you have these two, you have tantra, you have hypnotherapy. What does it look like when we combine these two practices and how does that wind up enhancing the healing and transformative process for your clients?
1: Mm, Thank you. So the reason the two have come together for me is because I was learning both concurrently and seeing the similarities between the two. And the, the tantric side being understanding the nature of reality and how uh, we work as human beings. Um, and then the hypnosis was more of a modern day approach and actually using the tools to um to create change using that understanding. So for example, um we think that we make most of the decisions in our life because our, our, our ego mind likes to think that we do. But actually, I'd say 95% of the decisions we made are made by a part of us that isn't thinking. So you're not choosing to blink your eyes right now. You're not choosing to beat your heart. You're not choosing to breathe. And yet a part of you is doing that. That's a part of your mind that isn't the thinking mind. Mm -hmm. and it's these unconscious programs if you will that are running without us having to think about them and in tantric study we they use essentially the same idea they just use different languages that these samskara or these impressions that are created in our mind are running things without our critical mind having to actually do them And what typically tends to happen is because these are parts of our mind that we don't have to think about, we're not consciously in control of the decisions we're making. And sometimes these programs are made earlier on in life or around very emotionally driven events. And so we end up creating patterns of behavior that when we actually think about it, we wouldn't consciously choose to do. And so hypnotherapy is going in and kind of updating some of those programs. Mm -hmm.
0: What are some common unconscious behaviors that wind up impacting our health?
1: Uh, Have you ever been triggered by anything?
0: Oh, oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's an unconscious reaction, right? There's a part of you that has reacted in that way, even though you don't really want to do it. Uh, we all have these things. We have these um, reactions emotionally or stories that get looped in our mind because something has triggered them and they end up impacting how we show up in the world. And mm-hmm. um, and sometimes we even know that they're occurring and we know that we don't want them. And we're powerless. It would seem to do anything about it. Like the person who knows they should stop drinking because it would be better for them, but they can't find the way to actually do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, those um, were some of the things that were coming to my head. Like yeah. people who struggle um all the time with, food patterns and binging mm-hmm. on food or eating unhealthy foods or right. drinking alcohol or smoking yeah. cigarettes although these things can be addictive in their dopamine spiking ways like there are typically yeah. underlying repressed or unknown emotions or something unconscious that's yeah. like that is so far unconscious that they keep mm-hmm. going stuck in that same cycle again and again so yeah what i'm i'm so curious like have you worked with people on some of these specific things I've talked about? And if so, um, what is usually driving this and how do we, mm. how do you unravel that?
1: Mm. Yeah. Thank you for the question and the acknowledgement. Yes, I have. And I will share in a moment, uh, anecdotally. And what's happening is, um, is not necessarily the action that people essentially it's an addiction are addicted to there's a part of their mind that is creating this unconscious choice because a part of them recognizes that it serves them in some way Mm -hmm. and this goes back to the tantric teaching which is saying that everyone is doing the best they can uh, to achieve what it is that they're looking to satisfy. And if someone is unable to do better, it's because they haven't got that information to know how to do that. Um, Or there is a part of them that is so used to doing it a particular way that that's the, um, that's the process that just keeps running. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've worked with someone who had a fear of flying. Um, And she would get on the plane and she would get into this panic state, like tears and anxiety and just wanting to get off the plane and really struggling to deal with it because at the same time she wanted to go somewhere. Um, so it wasn't really an option. And after some sessions together, she's now been traveling all over the world and she's really enjoying the freedom that that's offered because the story that she had created has been mm, alleviated somewhat so then it's it's much more manageable for her now
0: did something happen in her life that gave her that that thought or was it like a an irrational fear
1: yeah what typically tends to happen so in tantric teachings they, they teach us that um thoughts and emotions are the same layer of consciousness which means that you can't have a thought without a feeling and a feeling without a thought that they are the same thing but just expressed differently by the body Um, one is more um, analytical and thought-based that end of the spectrum and one is more sensed and emotive and you can then generalize to say one is more masculine energy and one is more feminine energy, but that can tend to overcomplicate things. Um, so, what happens when we experience something in reality is that can create um, an emotional reaction, and attached to an emotional reaction is a particular story or thought construct, which may not necessarily be true. Mm-hmm. But it's creating an emotional response. So if we can learn to connect the emotion we desire with the truth of a story, then we can circumvent what's been happening previously and create a new reality.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I try and get this this across to a lot of my clients with um. <sighs> Sometimes we actually, we, we create some of our own health Mm -hmm. problems and anxieties and, and panic attacks or, or symptoms Mm -hmm. that can come up with the, the nocebo effect, right? We know the, the Mm -hmm. placebo effect is like thinking I'm taking a headache pill, but it's really a sugar pill and I take it. My headache goes away. It's positive. And then we have the nocebo effect, which is the opposite of that, right? Like Thinking, oh, I'm yeah. sick. I'm unwell, so therefore I'm triggering an, a panic attack in myself. I'm triggering uh-huh. a headache. I'm triggering uh, pain in my back because yeah. I've been so used to that pain in my back for ten years that I, I'm keep, I'm holding on to it because of the thought is so powerful. Yeah. The unconscious pattern is so powerful. Yeah. So hey, you just made me think of that, but yeah. it sounds like you like yeah. this work is undoing some of that that nocebo effect in a way
1: yes yeah um it's addressing the story that's at play and the emotion that is being associated with that um so what will typically or what can typically happen is someone will have a thought construct of like oh i'm some sort of no negative thought pattern or um thought story and that will trigger an emotional state related to that because thoughts and emotions are attached and then their body will embody that emotion it will um exhibit that expression and their reality will reflect that
0: mm-hmm. how long so
1: we can either sorry I was going to say we can either keep the story and change the emotion or change the story and, and trigger a different emotion
0: mm. okay how long does it take for somebody to see results
1: <laughs> uh that, that age-old question it's actually really something that i've been musing over recently um It really depends on the individual's willingness to see change. And I don't know if you've experienced this yourself with clients that you have, or even prospective clients, is some people can know what they want and either feel apathetic about it or um, just not, not want to put in the work to actually change that. Or don't know how, sorry.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's, there's a lot of layers to that. Yeah, definitely. There's people who need to be ready, <laughs> ready and willing to to do things. There's some, yeah. I think there's another layer of, um. <laughs> there's a certain layer of like maybe an unconscious patterning too, of like loving to live in a chaos loving to live in that like fight or flight state and even though there maybe Uh there's a part of that person who wants to change but they're still fully loving that fight or flight state so therefore they're not like a hundred percent committed yet so maybe they they're Uh they're actually um oh god what's the word i'm looking for they're they're uh essentially they're putting themselves back in that sabotaging that's the word
1: (laughs) they're sabotaging sabotaging themselves yeah yeah 100 um there's a book called existential kink I read it recently uh,
0: yeah
1: ah okay how was it did you enjoy it it? was
0: great yeah I loved it and it it was the, the same concept I was just talking about
1: exactly yeah there's a part of us that chooses the thing that we do because a part of us enjoys it a part of us actually wants it Mm-hmm. and if it's not the conscious part of us is the unconscious part of us
0: yeah <clears throat>
1: uh it's it's learning to find alignment between the unconscious and conscious part
0: mhm yeah i recommend that people go uh read that book or listen yeah, to too. it if, if they <laughs> want to <laughs> No, it's a it's, yeah. a it's a cool. It gives you some cool exercises if it is unconscious to really take a deep look at patterns and things you've done in your life mm. and thinking like, hmm, okay, w- what is there, and also encouraging right. an acceptance of those things right. instead of victimizing yes. yourself, right, and being stuck in that. It's like giving power to mm-hmm. those those patterns. I thought that was really yeah. cool.
1: And at, yeah, and at the heart of that intentionality that practice is essentially meditation it's time in self-reflection right that's that's what meditation is Mm -hmm. um meditation isn't necessarily this this bliss state uh where you're not thinking anything it's time in self-reflection and the way i see hypnosis or hypnotherapy is that it's guided and focused meditation um, for people who are struggling to meditate by themselves and resolve the things that they're trying to resolve. Because if we could do it by ourselves, we would do it by ourselves.
0: Mm. You just said something interesting, which is that you think that meditation is not a bliss state, but a space for self-reflection. Can you go into that a little bit more? Because I do think that everyone's like, meditate meditate and calm yourself down and all these things and they're thinking you know it's it's a very specific way it's a very specific thing and then people try it and they they don't feel good at it and then they give up and right. they yeah. have a squirrel brain so what is meditation to you <laughs>
1: uh yeah that's very much um that's a sad not sad that's not the word i want to use it's, it's a shame that that's the experience that people have. Not that their brains do that, but that they associate that as them doing something wrong. Mm. Because actually that's that's the point, is that if your brain is doing that, then you're actually noticing that that's what your brain is doing. And you're getting the opportunity to go through that journey. And the visualization I have for that is, it's kind of like, Checking your inbox after a week, you got a bunch, bunch of emails, unread emails, right? Mm -hmm. And you kind of just want an empty inbox. (laughs) Um, And once you've left it a week, you actually have to start sifting through those emails until you get back down to a a clear inbox. And if you haven't done that for a long time, then you're going to have more emails to sort through.
0: Interesting. So then what can a regular practice look like for somebody?
1: Uh, I think this is why different types of meditation have become um, typical and popular is because there's no necessarily right one right way to do it. And people's brains work in different ways. So some people like to focus on breathing Some people like to focus on a mantra or a word or a phrase and that helps them um, fixate their mind so it's not scattered all over the place. And for me, I like to sit and observe what comes up and and process in that way. Because in that space, which is a hypnotic space really because it is an altered state of consciousness i'm stepping out of my everyday reality and switching the focus to point inwards Mm -hmm. which is not typically what you do all throughout the day Uh, you're getting the opportunity to acknowledge whatever's come up and you can either do that by observing what's come up or become so fixated on a single thing whether that be a mantra or breath work that it takes you into that altered state but essentially they do the same thing
0: i want to take a quick break to share a biohacking tool that will revolutionize your well-being cozy red light therapy imagine being able to accelerate your body's natural healing processes boost your energy and rejuvenate your skin all through the power of light cozy red light therapy brings this vision to life Their cutting edge technology harnesses the potency of red and near infrared light to stimulate healing of wounds, scars, and acne, improve joint and musculoskeletal health, reduce inflammation, support your hormones, and enhance your overall vitality. Whether you're looking to amplify your fitness routine, enhance your skin's radiance, or simply recharge your energy levels, Cozy Red Light Therapy is your gateway to a brighter and healthier you. When I consistently use my red light machine from Cozy, I notice improvement in my muscle recovery post-workouts, more clear, healthy skin, and better sleep. The best part is that as a valued listener of the Natural Health Rising podcast, you get a 10% discount on all Cozy products. Just remember to use the code Natural Health Rising. That's all one word. Natural Health Rising. During checkout on their website, cozyhealth.com, spelled K O Z E, health.com. Elevate your well being and embrace the transformative benefits of light with cozy red light therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I like how you broke that down. I feel like people should try and have fun with the process of figuring out what works. And it also and it also evolves or can evolve a lot. I remember years ago yeah. when I first started meditation and like trying to heal my body and do all these things in the holistic space. I tried everything. I was like, I don't know. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna download all the apps and do all the things <laughs> and like figure out what works for me and there were times mm. where i really liked um body scans there were times where i really really loved the the self love and like the 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 love and gratitude meditations like giving love to other people there were times where i yeah. liked the mantras there were times where i liked um breath focused and just focusing on on that and interesting now i find myself in more of that introspective space like the past couple of days yeah. even I've had a lot of um, silence and quiet space and I've been in the sauna a lot and doing all these things and it's just like, okay, this is my reflection space. This is my quiet space. And there's some silence in there and there's some thoughts in there. And it's so it's like always evolving. And I think that people Mm -hmm. should really just go through that process only thinking about their process on their own and not like an expectation of what it's supposed to look like necessarily.
1: Sure. And that's, that can be really challenging for people. Mm-hmm. There's this idea that it has to look a certain way or it has to achieve a certain goal. Um, and yeah, that that can be challenging, especially seeing as though um, I say we're not typically taught the, the way of living with that mindset. We're very often acting in the world for a particular purpose um yeah. and this in tantric philosophy this is the difference between karma and kriya so you've likely heard of karma perhaps mm-hmm. not of kriya they actually both mean the same thing which is action but the distinction is karma is action towards a particular expectation and kriya is action irrespective of what happens it's Doing something purely for the joy inherent in doing that thing. And whatever Mm -hmm. happens, happens. And that's okay. okay. And we act in the world very karmically. We expect a result, a particular result. We're not often taught to act in a a Kriya manner, um, doing something purely just for the fun of it. Mm
0: is there supposed to be a balance there or are people like, is, is the goal in that philosophy to live more in, in a crea? <laughs>
1: um, I, uh, <laughs> I guess that totally depends on what you want. If you are okay, It's, there's nothing, it's not, okay. Essentially, it's not bad to act karmically.
0: Okay. Um, Okay.
1: It As as long as you're aware that you're acting karmically, because if you're unaware, then you're having a particular expectation. And if it's not being met, then that can lead to suffering.
0: Mm. And I think that, and that's where, maybe we get the phrase that a lot of people think of like karma karma is a bitch. is that <laughs> is that where this comes from
1: um <laughs> yeah that's a very that's a very ancient saying it's been around for, for <laughs> yeah it's direct from the sanskrit yeah. um <laughs> yeah. uh yeah i can see why that has come about um But also, I think that's also just modern misunderstanding of what karma actually is. Mm -hmm. Um, It sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's, I think it would be wonderfully, I think what a beautiful life it would be to completely act from a place of kriya where um, doing everything I did was purely for the joy of doing it. And I had no expectation of the outcome and the reality of the human experience is that's just not what it is, which mm-hmm. is why we have the distinction of comic of action. It's like in, in the philosophy, there's, there's no such thing as good or bad. There's only varying gradations of ignorance um, and healthiness ignorance in the sense of being in alignment with the flow of divine consciousness or reality and when you're going against the flow then you're creating suffering um Mm. and that that's there's that's not a bad thing in essence it's just part of the human experience good and bad are social constructs a more useful construct is healthy and unhealthy or Aligned or unaligned.
0: Mm. Okay. We're going to jump out of this rabbit hole. And uh... <laughs> 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 I, I I, actually do feel um, called to getting into your sex prayer stuff here in a little bit, but I'm, I'd love for you to share yeah. with the audience a little bit about you in a sense of like, how did you get into... You know tantric hypnosis and now you're starting this sex prayer stuff and you know what what was that evolution like for you
1: Mm, thank you um i've been teaching yoga for nearly 10 years um practicing for over 10 years so that in a roundabout long way is what led me to tantric teachings because it's the heart of of yoga um I actually came hypnosis came to me in a meditation um during a relation the last relationship I was in Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because I noticed that not just in that relationship but in a lot of the relationships I was experiencing and uh, I mean non-romantic relationships that communication was or could be challenging that I was often having conversations not with people's hearts but with their ego constructs and hypnosis was a way for me to find tools and language to connect more with people effectively. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so around in 2020, both The tantric teachings and the hypnotherapy came to me around the same time, and I was studying both concurrently and getting to see the uh, the similarities between the two. It was really the ending of that relationship and the grief that I found myself in that moved me into where I am today because it was the hypnosis tools and the tantric teachings that really supported me in getting out of that place.
0: When you say hypnosis tools, using them on yourself, is it possible to use hypnosis on yourself or or like you had a teacher helping like, as if I was to hire you to help me.
1: Uh, I did see a hypnotherapist a little, um, and that did help, but yes, predominantly self-hypnosis, because for me, it's essentially like meditation. It's just, it can be challenging because you're trying to communicate with your unconscious mind consciously. So it's,
0: mm. it's, it's, yeah, that's some it's, advanced stuff right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's It's why it took me over three years to figure it out.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. And so yeah. now, now you're Doing also the second sector, I guess, which is the the sex prayer stuff. Tell us what that even means and what that is.
1: Thank you. Um, sex prayers is, is has been birthed in my present relationship with my partner. Um, it's essentially finding, uh, or bringing devotion and. I guess, God, if you want to call it that, back into the bedroom and into conscious relating or conscious intimacy, as we're calling it. Um, For me and for us, sexual exchange can be tantamount to uh, a medicine journey. It can, it creates these beautiful states where you can get these insights and these learnings, you have this transcendental experience where you leave your body and feel something blissful and that's a beautiful thing to experience and it's you know it's it in the sense that it's transcendental and uh, godlike. I mean having sex is literally about creating life and you can't get more god than that so
0: mm-hmm. Okay, so what is, can you explain more for people, what is the conscious relating part look like in like a day-to-day aspect? Mm.
1: Yeah. Um, hmm. How it looks practically is um, at the heart of conscious intimacy and I guess sex prayers, we have pillars of conscious intimacy. And these are our shared values and values we think are pretty universal in creating a healthy relationship dynamic. So at the heart is play and a sense of playfulness in the, in exchange Uh, and built upon that is the pillars of truth, trust, communication, and empathy. And we, see these as our foundations for creating a healthy relationship mm-hmm. and um I like to to weave in the tantric stuff and um and my partner Tiffany is very she's a somatic um practitioner healer therapist um so it's primarily a conscious intimacy is first and foremost a an individual practice and then one practice with a partner or partners or other people because the first and lifelong relationship we have is with ourselves so
0: i'm interrupting today's show to share information that will change the way you shop for supplements forever We all know the convenience of picking up supplements from your local drugstore or even a large retailer. It's easy, it's quick, and it's seemingly affordable. But let's delve beneath the surface here. Did you know that many of these widely accessible supplements can harbor questionable ingredients, harmful additives, artificial fillers, and honestly, subpar quality? This is the unfortunate reality of a market driven by convenience and profits. That's why I stand firmly behind the Full Dispensary. This is a sanctuary of supplements handpicked by experts with a relentless commitment to purity and potency. When it comes to your well being, compromising on quality is just not an option. Every supplement available f- through FullScript is rigorously vetted, ensuring you receive only the best. This is actually the same dispensary I use for my personal supplements, and it's where I handpick supplements for all of my clients. As a listener of the Natural Health Rising podcast, when you create an account through my exclusive FullScript dispensary, you get 15% discount on all supplements. So ditch the subpar supplements and embrace the professional grade quality supplements with Fullscript. To get started, simply go to the Fullscript link in the show notes and make your own account. The 15% savings on premium supplements will automatically be applied to all of your selections. And remember, it's always important to talk to a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine practitioner like myself before starting any new supplements okay
1: having a healthy relationship with oneself to then have a healthy relationship with other people
0: Mm -hmm. what would you say are the first steps okay actually let me back up um yeah back it up if somebody doesn't have a healthy relationship with themselves, but they find themselves in a relationship, mm-hmm. do they need to get out of that relationship to then first heal a piece of themselves or center themselves? Or what does that look like first?
1: Mm. I would say that really depends on the situation. Um, and I think becomes a joint decision because if there's something in me that needs addressing and I can bring that into the awareness of the relationship dynamic and then it becomes my partner's choice as to whether they want to go on that journey with me whilst I resolve that or we decide actually you know no I don't want to be a part of that or no I need to do this by myself um very, very individual.
0: Okay. And for that individual person, um, Mm. what would you say are some of the common things that may be out of balance? I guess I'll call it with somebody. And from that place, Mm. what are some first steps that they can take Mm -hmm. in starting to address these things?
1: yeah thank you I think at the heart of this is communication Mm -hmm. if there's an inability to communicate not just with a partner but with oneself then there's going to be a challenge um by communication with oneself I mean if I'm unaware of what's going on with me honestly then how can I communicate that to my partner Um, and I think also at the heart of this is a shared value system. If we are, if we don't have enough values that are shared or overlapping, then that's going to create challenge eventually. Um, and I think a lot of where I mostly see this or an obvious place of where I see this is monogamy versus polyamory at the heart of it if you're not aligned in that value then you're going to create challenge in the relationship dynamic
0: mm-hmm. okay at what point should two people figure out this these pillars for themselves and do you have an exercise maybe or some tips sure. on how some these you know, someone can take action yeah. on this?
1: As early as possible, <laughs> really. Um, I mean, the I'd say that was one of the earlier conversations that my partner and I had. We One of the reasons that we became the couple that we are and have the relationship we do is because we were very open to having these depth of conversations very early on and so it presented to us the opportunity to see whether we were in alignment and I think people really struggle to have that depth of conversation so early on because it can be quite vulnerable I even just you know like on a first date if someone says to you yeah I I think I want to have two kids you know it's like (laughs) it's a bit it can be received a bit much by some people some people might love it it depends on where the two individuals are um but i'd rather have that conversation and express my truth and communicate it effectively and know it's been received than wait six months and find out actually we're not really in alignment
0: mm-hmm yeah great point I, I was in a relationship where I where there was it was like a year and a half in where I was like wait a second I don't think we want the same thing <laughs> <laughs> that was hard
1: <laughs> sure yeah uh, and not to take away from the beauty that you experienced and the joy that you had oh. in that year and a half hundred percent um but only after a year and a half where you did you know
0: well, that took me from, uh, being that person, that person to the person you're, who's like on the first date, like, okay, so two kids and then
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are we on the same page here or you want to get out?
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm not, I'm I not mean, personally, person. <laughs> I mean, personally, as a guy, I, um, I don't, I can't say as a guy, as this man, I would appreciate that mm-hmm. because, um, I like that level of honesty and to me it demonstrates emotional um maturity and ability to have effective communication like I think that's a great thing to express
0: mm-hmm. I feel better now thank you I don't know <laughs> about
1: you yeah yeah and I don't no, know I about agree you, but do you do you know a lot of guys who would have that level of conversation so early on
0: I like the people who have that, that conversation early on. It sets apart. Like if somebody, if that's scaring the crap out of them, but I know what I want and I know I want to yeah. get married and do these things and have this life, but you're, you're scared of me even saying that, that tells me that gives me some red flags. Honestly, that tells me you're unsure of what you want. That tells me maybe you're not ready for this level of commitment or these things, you know, you're unsure of what you want in your life. So Yeah. I think that that's that's my interpretation of of that kind of response.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I'm so curious though, like we've been hosting conscious intimacy events, and we've noticed that there's been a very big deficiency on guys showing up to these kind of things, Mm -hmm. and it seems to be more of the women who are ready to have this kind of conversation or these kinds of conversations is that something that you've noticed as well
0: mm. Ooh. <laughs> this is a good question i don't know if i can speak too much to this um i th- i think that there's a different evolution going on in the world right now with women and men oh I, I, for some, not, not saying there's anything wrong with either party or whatever, but maybe it feels like a collective, like some healing or something is happening Uh with men and the women are Uh like, we're ready, but we're just waiting a little bit for that to (laughs) catch catch up. up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can it's okay. We're all thinking it. It's fine.
0: (laughs) But um, I also have amazing friends and wonderful relationships and you're in a wonderful relationship. So, you know, there's also that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I I would agree with you. I have, I would say I've recognized something similar and it's an interesting thing to see where on a whole, and it's obviously a broad generalization where, where people are. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why, we felt so inspired to start conscious intimacy and start sex prayers because it's a way of us raising this kind of awareness and having these conversations and inviting other people to do the same. And that felt really um, valuable to us.
0: Mm-hmm. And so you guys have a podcast, right? That That's where yeah, you're sharing Yeah, the, the sex
1: prayers podcast.
0: Amazing. So people can check that out. I think we'll have that in the... In the show links um well we have to wrap up our conversation i know we could you and i could talk for forever about all of these things <laughs> honestly um can we do a quick speed round okay <laughs>
1: i would try my best to do a speed round
0: don't worry they're not well just first thing that comes to your mind okay okay all right yeah what is <laughs> what is one of your favorite most impactful books you've read
1: oh um one that just came to mind was the i think it's like the, the way of the spiritual warrior i think that's what it's called That's okay. been one yeah or existential kink that one was good too
0: okay if you could have any superpower what would it be
1: oh i really want to be spider-man <laughs> <laughs> Put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I grew up with Spider Man. He's like the coolest one for me. So okay. that would be me.
0: Okay. Uh what is the best purchase you've made in the last year that cost you under a hundred dollars? Ooh. Uh, uh uh. Existential key. Uh...
1: Cool. yeah, uh, probably be, yeah. <laughs> um yeah the the latest tantra book that i've been reading okay uh, mm. yeah
0: if you were on a deserted island what three things would you bring with
1: oh um i would bring a handstand board because i love to handstand probably a yoga mat if i could yeah um i would bring Uh, a book that I could read. I was going to say a Kindle, but I feel like that would be cheating. Um, And I would bring... mm, I would bring like a... I'd love to have like a DVD player and like a DVD. It's like something to watch. That would be... Yeah.
0: Okay. Hopefully there's electricity on this this deserted island. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that you said a handstand board. If nobody uh if you guys don't follow david on instagram his his handle is dare to move and he posts just beautiful handstand pictures all the time oh, so you. i really i really enjoy looking at those um awesome and then the last question is what are two practical actions that the listeners can take today or maybe this week to help them start living a more aligned life, being true to themselves mm. and just like their healthiest version of themselves.
1: Mm, thank you. Uh I, I think meditation is like it's gotta be that is like the the thing I would offer. The. Um yeah, and then communication, like speaking to someone and talking. Uh mm-hmm. I think uh, looking in and uh a uh, are looking out for me those are the two main things
0: mm-hmm. that's wonderful go ahead and share where people can find you
1: uh yeah as you said thank you thank you for that invitation uh, you can find me on instagram at dare to move uh you can find me at tantric dash hypnosis.com where you can learn more about that and sex online is where you can find more about that or at sex.prayers on instagram
0: okay incredible thank you so much for this conversation that was thank a you. lot of fun Thank you.
1: yeah thank you so much i really appreciate the invitation and your time and your presence i'm really grateful to you thank you
0: thank you thank you for tuning in to the natural health rising podcast I hope you found this episode informative and left you feeling empowered to take control of your health naturally. As a reminder, the information provided in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any illness or medical condition. Please consult with a qualified healthcare professional before making any changes to your diet, exercise routine, supplements, or medical treatment. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Comments and ratings help the show reach more people so that they too can level up their health and entire life holistically. I really appreciate your support and feedback. Before I go, I want to remind you that I work with clients virtually all over the world. So if you are searching for a functional medicine provider to help you uncover the root cause of your health issues and have support and guidance, healing your body through nutrition and lifestyle changes, then you can book a free health consultation with me by using the link in the show notes and we can talk about working together. Thanks for listening and keep striving to become your healthiest, happiest self.